Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your host, Ben Husson, and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 109 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined as always by the handsome uh, Mr. Ben Hughesong. It's great to be here. How was your weekend? My weekend was good. Spent most of the weekend in Buffalo, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So it was a great time. So uh, what's that, family, friends, event thing, or uh, just... uh, Good news, bad news? Uh, wedding, wedding. actually. Right. Yes. Bad news, then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lovely wedding at Forbes Theater in uh, in Buffalo. So my wife and I did that. We spent all day Friday. I worked. She went and saw her parents with our children. And then we did the wedding on Saturday. And then came back Sunday and got right back into the uh, madness and the chaos. And your weekend doesn't end because tonight is Bill's day, right? So you just get to, that counts as a weekend, yeah? Uh, I mean, Something I, like that? I, I mean, not know. in your professional life, but. No, no, not in my it's professional. It's still a celebratory uh, time period. Yes, it's still, a, it's still something to look forward yeah. to on a Monday night. I'm still adjusting to life as a football fan whose team doesn't just play on Sundays at 1 o'clock because I am very used to that. This is, this is a whole scheduling thing. You got to be mindful of it. Yeah. There was a point where the Steelers were doing that too, where they were like every Thursday, like every three weeks in a row, they'd either be Thursday, Sunday night or whatever. They were always the one of the flex teams. So yeah. not, not so much this year, but uh, you know, I mean, they have, their, their, their fans would still come out and watch them regardless because they're crazy fans. But um, I mean, probably listen. not a uh, draw beyond, uh, you know, the outer Pittsburgh range and sure. their, their Steeler nation. Half of Buffalo flew to Los Angeles for a Rams game, so God bless that. Scenario. Yeah, right. The, 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 it's great when the team has. I mean, it's not just that you have like, hey, this is a year. Like you feel like you're in the middle of a era, right? Right. Yeah. So, and Bills fans are great fans. I'm sorry, they're the best. No disrespect to your Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I guess the Steelers fans would disagree with that, but they're probably wrong. with the Packers fans or Nobody the Bears fans. Perfect. The only one who, I mean, the only one who I would argue against is the Cowboys fans. They're the worst. They're the worst. Yes, I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. All right. Well, before before you Cowboys fans leave us, please li- give us a like Both and you, uh, yeah. share the video. Um, we need all the uh, help with the algorithm demons uh, fighting against us here. You got us kicked off YouTube again. <laughs> In three days. <laughs> you guys probably know, but because we're not on YouTube again this week, but I we became unbanned from YouTube uh, like a week or so ago. Sure. And, uh, or unsuspended, I guess is technically the right term. I don't want to, uh, misspeak. I don't want to be deemed misinformation guy, but we were unsuspended our account, our channel on YouTube. And, uh, in celebratory fashion of that, I started downloading past episodes. I just started with the most recent three figuring that, well, if anybody's gonna listen to anything, it's going to be these most recent three. So I started with last week's episode, 108 proceeded with 107 and 106 within, I don't know, an hour I got 106 was removed for medical misinformation. I don't even know what we were talking about. I literally didn't even look at the topics. I just posted the last three, like just out of pure blindness. But, um, and then the next morning I woke up and episode 107 was removed and we were given a strike and suspended again. So with best intentions of trying to restream and go live on YouTube today, we are on YouTube today. We're going to try again next week since we'll see if this one week suspension holds up. Um, Last time they said we were suspended for one week, it ended up being like eight months and a week or something weird. It was not a week. That's all I remember. That was weird. It was different. So, oh, well. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we are always constantly fighting the uphill battle of these. So if you can uh, 
please do us a favor and share the video, uh, subscribe to the channel, leave us a rumble, all the good stuff that we owe you do. If you're listening to us on your uh, audio version of the podcast, please leave us a five-star rate and review. It goes uh, a long way in helping us be uh, found out uh, in the searches and such. So um, we talked a little bit about the Bills, I guess, but any other, uh, I know you had a wedding there. And was that, did you have a chance to catch any football uh, while you were uh, out there in the Western New York? Not a lot, but I was back Sunday. Uh, I coach fall baseball clinics from 12 until 2, and then I try to go home and watch football after. Um, so I saw so what'd you catch? The, I saw Giants-Panthers. Okay. I should have watched the be- the Browns and the Jets. Who knew? And then I unfortunately had to go. I didn't get to watch a lot of football because after that I had to go to the ice cream shop because we had a uh, suspicious person harassing and making our staff uncomfortable. Sprinkles. So I had to go be the muscle. Make sure Your he didn't bouncer. Make sure he didn't come bouncer. back. That's he was so hot. intimidated he didn't come back. Well, you did your job. Yeah, I uh, didn't catch much football either because we had a uh, one of our bi-weekly cannabis markets and uh, this one was an extended one so we, nice. they went till four o'clock and by cleanup time I was uh, uh, pretty much missed. But I did sit down at 4.30 and look at one of my lineups and I had a, uh, I play DraftKings if you guys haven't been aware, but I had a couple hot lineups, Mr. Hughesong, that were uh, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Tyreek Hill lineups wow. and uh, Tua. Tyreek Hill, Mark Andrews lineups, kind of had both those. No but James Waddle in your life? I did not have Waddle in my life. I usually just play one receiver. Not always, but I that's tend to be where I get. And sometimes it's a salary cap, so you can't fit everybody. Sure. Um, I also had uh, a receiver for the Cardinals, uh, uh, Dorch, who uh, was a very cheap guy who uh, scored and had a decent game. And uh, the kid from uh, Atlanta, Drake London, I also had him. He had a big week. All those, and my running backs combined for like 14 points. That hurts the team. Yeah. Sorry so I finished, that. I I mean, I cashed well, but uh, that's a better. missed opportunity right yeah, yeah. there. Very, very uh, sad day for the, uh, as I mean, our, the running backs had already played, so like I already sure. knew I had dudded, and then the four o'clock receivers both went off again. So like I knew I was moving up the ranks, but I was like, there's nothing I can do. I'm never going to catch anybody of real note because my running backs were so terrible. So... Screw you, Leonard Fournette. Anyway, um, I don't really have any hot takes from the uh, uh, there, but the Steelers are still in first place, even with a loss to even the Patriots. I didn't see, Patriots. I literally didn't watch a single play of that game, so I don't really know anything about either. it. But um, but the Steelers are looking it's still in first place. So the Giants are a shocking two and zero. Yeah. Um, the Browns collapsed in truly epic Browns fashion where they were winning by 13 with less than two minutes to go and managed to lose, which was impressive. It's um, a similar story to the Ravens. Ravens were up, like, yeah. big at halftime, and Tua just let them back. And yeah, again. at least they were. Like, and the Bengals, they all had. I mean, the Bengals got to be. I mean, they're, they're, gonna, they're like the, uh, that Super Bowl hangover jinx. I don't know what's happening to the Cincinnati Bengals right now. I mean, you came in with such high hopes as a Bengals fan, and that is too... Bad losses. Not yeah. like, listen, Pittsburgh's a better team than most people predicted. But yeah, but you, their Bengals are better than the Steelers. Correct. If the, the Steelers are not and a it's a divisional game, so whatever. Week and one, all that. Lost that. Yeah. And so now to follow that up with a loss to the Dak Prescottless Cowboys is not a good sign if you are a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Well, I saw a stat uh, about that game. Right at the end of that game, this was a uh, percentage of teams who made the playoffs – Starting one and one 
was 42%. Starting 0-2 was 11%. Yikes for the Bengals. Not a great sign. So, yeah, I mean, again, I didn't see any uh, 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 major injuries over the week. No, I didn't see anything that kind of caught my nose. Again, I wasn't watching any of the games, so you guys can hate on me for all you want. But um, I didn't see anything super uh, of note anyway. No, football's just fun. It, yeah. Like, it's a, it's a good activity. You can keep up on what's going on around you. And there was good football played yesterday. There was exciting games. If you're into it, it was a lot of fun. I wish I had had more time to sit down and watch it. Hmm. You know what sucks? You know what stinks, Mr. Hughesong? What? Is I'm realizing that I uh, have last week's overlays going on right now. You're the worst. No, I think I can fix it in two seconds here. Hold on. I'm holding. Oops, that's not going to do it. But anyway, so uh, I did have one other sports story that I wanted to cover, and this is how I noticed I didn't have the right overlays in here, Mr. Hughesong. Okay. Um, are you a Yankee fan? I can't I remember. I was going to check and see if he had a uh, Yankees hat on, so no, I could just have been an idiot no here. Hat. But um, Aaron Judge, pretty impressive. Uh, hits numbers 58 and 59, I think it was. Uh, was it yesterday yeah, or two days ago? Two days ago. No, yeah, they didn't play yesterday. Oh, no, they don't play today. They played tomorrow. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. Um, were you uh avid Follower of the Maguire, uh, Sosa, uh, Bonds, all that, the, like the ninety, like the late nineties, like what was it ninety eight? I think it was the big one. Like, were you tuned yeah. in every day to? Couldn't you know, get enough. Yeah, so we don't get it in New York. We're getting some of it ish, I guess, but and there's no race. I mean, it's just him. It's just so him. Yeah, it's just him, which is different, obviously. Um, side story for my uh, Aaron Judge. So when he was uh, a rookie. And this is, he's been on the team long enough for me to run actually watch the baseball. He was still on the team. Um, but I remember coming to his defense because somebody had compared him to Greg Luzinski. Wow. And I was like, Greg Luzinski? I'm like, he's pretty athletic. I've seen him run first to third. I'm like, he doesn't look run like Greg Luzinski. He reminds me of Dave Winfield. Do you think that's okay. a, like a fair, uh, like, you know, hulking, you know, figure, very athletic, big, but big, big dude, yes. but could move for a big dude, right? Like, I mean, he's not like, I mean, he plays. You know, I seen him play center field for a while, and I was like, "All right, this dude can run around." Like he's not, he's not Greg Luzinski anyway. But anyway, so he's not Greg. Um, I think I have made out in the better of the comparisons um, between those two players. Anyway, I don't know what's. I mean, he's better than Dave Winfield, I yes. think. Uh, maybe not more athletic, but I mean, I think, I think his pedigree is going to serve out to be better than Dave Winfield over the long term if he holds true. If he holds, yeah, yeah I think that it's uh he certainly has that level of potential. It's fun watching him do this. Uh, it, it is a Let's great see if we can I'm going to play if it's, I'm going to play a I don't know if it's 58 or 59, but let's see if it works. Oh yeah, there it goes. Yeah, so this was uh Milwaukee. Yeah, and he's always just been I mean, powered all fields, just kills it. But uh what I didn't know is that he's two percentage points away from uh, potentially being the triple crown. I know. Because, I mean, the RBIs and the home runs seem like a no doubt about He's going to win those, right? I don't I think, think anybody so. can you know, go to. But he's uh, he's in third in the batting average race, only uh, two percentage points behind. There's two players, one each percentage point ahead of him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. That's interesting. But only a couple more weeks left of the season here, right? It's fascinating. I mean, listen, I, I know there's discussion on who the MVP is between Aaron Judge and O'Shea Otani. You got to be kidding. Come on. Like, this shouldn't even be a discussion. Nothing against Otani. I actually really like him. I think he's great for the game. I think he's he seems like a great human being, and he's in undeniably valuable. But your team is middle-of-the-road mediocrity, and you are a good pitcher and a 
Very good hitter. Um, I don't even know how this is a discussion. Like, Aaron Judge is sniffing the triple crown for the first time in who knows how long. I don't even remember the last nine, time somebody nine, actually uh, Miguel Cabrera, 2012. All right. But before that, Carl Yastrzemski, 1967. Right? So it's happened. And One time. It's happened 11 times, I feel like I read this. And 10 of them happened be- between 1967 and 1922. Right? So, wow. like, they were all, like. Years ago. Years, year, decades ago. Right. So, f- from 67 to now. I Once. Mean, one time. This is such a rare occurrence that we, I don't think we're giving it enough attention as we should be. And it's and it's for a team that is a contender. It's for a, they're playing meaningful baseball. The Angels aren't. Yeah, and, you know, hitting 60 home runs is not necessarily MVP, like, criteria or whatever, but, like, He's winning a triple crown, and he's hitting 60 home runs, right? right? So there's, like, an optics thing to it, like, okay, just give the guy the MVP. What do you have to do? <laughs> right. Like, honest to God, if you give – if there shouldn't be any – nobody else should even get a vote, especially if he ends up getting to 61 or 62 and he does manage to pull off the triple crown. I would be – I don't even know how you have a debate. I don't even know how you can question it. Like, oh, it's so important if you get a pitcher and hitter. Shut up. Yeah, no, I mean, it's I, it's, don't get me wrong. It's cool it's as hell. Cool. But no doubt. I and there is it. a value to that, right? Sure. I mean, he's one roster spot. He, you know, whatever. You can make some le- Great. analytic get, argument that he's valuable. Right. backup sure. infielder that you could carry for the <laughs> roster. Hooray. Like, I don't care. You can still only play nine at a time. Like, sure. If you're sure. not, that roster spot's not going to be like the pennant clincher, clearly, because look at the talent on that team, and they're nowhere. Yeah. So, Spare me all that nonsense. Aaron Judge for MVP. And, my God. I, People just hate hate Yankees, too, though. You so realize that's if thing. you took him off the team, like, they would not be winning any games. He is single-handedly carrying this team into the playoffs because everybody else forgot how to hit since July. Nobody else can hit a ball. Yeah, I feel like they had his... Uh, um, yeah, so uh, last 10 games, 19 for 38. So, 500. Come on. <laughs> Four homers, nine RBIs. And they play Tuesday uh, tomorrow at seven seven o five at the uh, down in Pittsburgh. Speaking of Pittsburgh, there you go. So uh, speaking of playing meaningless baseball, maybe you can hit a ball into the river. There you go for number sixty. That's always fun. Somebody can dive in and get it. Yeah, that'd be worth a lot of money. Oh my god! For All sure. Right. Let's uh, let's transition to. <laughs> there is no transition to Joe Biden declaring the pandemic over, but let's do it anyway. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. So Joe Biden has declared this pandemic over. I'm going to see if I can bring up this video real quickly here. Um, But so last night he was on 60 Minutes. Uh, I guess he was at the Detroit Auto Show. First time in three years they're making it, you know, hey, you know, some symbolic. uh, Oh, yeah, here it is. Um, Some symbolic, uh, you know, gesture that, uh, you know, things are getting back to normal. Obviously right in time for the uh, midterms here. Um, And he declares the, again, the pandemic over. Scott Pelley uh, asks him uh, point blank, is the pandemic over? And he says, yeah, the pandemic's over. He's like, we still have COVID and, you know, whatnot, but uh, the pandemic's over, Mr. Hughesong. So um, how is your life going to change? <laughs> I, I guess that means that we can drop the mandate for vaccines for service members now since the pandemic's over no right no that's still going they're they're still we're gonna have to wait for the judge to decide that we can't just voluntarily no. say like hey we got that wrong never mind no. it's over now like let's just get on with our life no of course not yeah i mean i'm waiting for the white house to come out well the quote-unquote white house uh whoever makes their speech whoever corrects biden the day after he speaks whoever yes. that person is to come out and be like whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. the pandemic's not over that was 
Just, uh, that was just Uncle Joe. There are still 400 people dying every day. I mean, I, I don't, again, we, we discussed this at length. We die. It is a condition of being human. Um, if you have an issue with that, you're going to have to go somewhere above me. That, that's a little above my pay grade. I was Mr. not President. there when that decision was made. But every one of us is going to die someday. So the idea that 400 people are dying per day of, of this, I get it. Yeah. But they're also going to die yeah. of something I have, else. I have 23 seconds of your president here. Ready? Oh, God, help me. Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing, and I think this is a perfect example of it. Mr. President, first so, Detroit auto show. So there you have it. The pandemic is over per President Biden for now, until for now. the White House may... Until uh, whoever's add. really in charge <laughs> issues a state. Whoever decides what they want to be uh, today. Right. Uh, so, again, obviously, I asked facetiously about uh, uh, changing any lifestyle, but do you think this will matter for anybody else? No, I think people are pretty well dug in on one side or the other already. So do you don't think... You don't think people were waiting for the president or somebody to be like, hey, okay, it's you guys, it's over. If you're waiting for Joe Biden to give you any indication of anything, I think you really need to reassess your value system and, and your process by which you make decisions because it's, it's flawed. No, I think those of us who have, I think there's three camps right now. I think there are the people like us who never bought in in the first place and always kind of stayed in a parallel structure of like, you all have lost it. Like, stop this. This is crazy. Don't, don't, no, no, none of this makes sense. Uh, then you have the people that were the go along to get along of, uh, listen, just shut up and put the mask on. I get it. It's dumb. This is stupid. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. Just get the vaccine. It'll be fine. And now those people have sort of come around to like, all right, well, this is now this is dumb. Like, I, I'm not saying that, you know, that first camp was always right, but at this point, it's pretty clear that the vaccine, though it had some benefit initially, is not as effective now. And even when you get it, you're still getting COVID, you're still getting sick. So, like, well, whatever, let's just move on. And then you have the third camp, which was like the Eric Dings of the world and all these other idiots that really like the true believers. All right, like the cult founders that were like, pumping data and scare tactics and and all of this stuff and talking about how people who aren't vaccinated don't deserve health care and all this other like insane insane stuff they're not giving up listen i'm gonna play this is covid related but i came across this video i think it was, i saw it on jimmy Dore, of bill gates talking about uh a couple interactions he had with donald trump these are in 2017, so oh, just crazy. as he has just taken over the presidency. Yeah. Right? So listen to what he has to say here. This is only a few seconds long. So I saw him at Trump Tower. You know, I said, hey, science and innovation is a great thing. You should be a leader who drives innovation. And that conversation was about a broad set of things in energy, in health, in education. You know, pick things you want to do that are big. HIV vaccine, you could, you know, accelerate that. Be associated with innovation. And uh, then the second time I saw him was uh, the March after that, uh, so March 2017 in the White House. He 
in both of those two meetings, he asked me if vaccines weren't a bad thing because he was considering a commission to look into uh, ill effects of vaccines. And, and somebody, his name is Robert Kennedy Jr., was advising him that vaccines were causing bad things. And I said, no, that's a dead end. That would be a bad thing. Don't do that. Uh, so I'm going to stop right there. That's all I really wanted to point out. So let me, if, I'm pretty sure I have this right here. So Donald Trump went to him at least twice. Bill Gates, this is. Donald Trump asked Bill Gates what he thought of, hey, I'm going to put this commission together to look in the ill effects is what uh, 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 Bill Gates Gates used, but uh, let's say adverse events. Let's say so the president was going to form a commission to look at adverse events on vaccines. Seems pretty like why not, right? I mean, why not? So Mr. Gates here says uh, that's a dead end. Uh, Don't do that. You know, basically said, no, no, that's a bad idea. Like, put us, put a, did, you know, at least in whatever verbal, the, the, you know, any influence that he may have had was like, no, 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 do not do that. So, I don't know. I stumbled across that as, uh, I don't know, interesting sidebar. I, yeah. Bill Gates is evil. He's a piece of crap. I can't uh, believe that he was revered it for a while there. I feel like, I mean, even, be, I mean, you know, I'm talking like at least five, 10 years ago, because I think even before COVID, he was starting to kind of wither. But um, there was a time where like he was considered like some kind of almost saint, which is crazy. Yes, it was. He it was, was banging little as... girls probably at that point. Well, sorry. Well, you know, that's neither here nor there. We can't prove that because no. they won't release the flight lists. But anyways, so I think Bill Gates, uh, if you know that you are, in the process of owning a lot of patents on mRNA vaccines, which, again, the mRNA technology has long been associated with adverse effects. And then the president of the United States says, hey, we're thinking about doing a government program to look at adverse effects of vaccines. You'd be inclined to be like, no, there's nothing there. It's not like we know for a fact that every vaccine ever administered has had at least some adverse effects. And I would just point out, you have pointed out that we have a inadequate system of this now right so like and everybody acknowledges it now so why wouldn't we want to revamp that or look at that and actually see if there was actually something there unless we don't want to know that's the problem is the answer is never like hey listen i i think that a healthy diet and exercise are great things if you want to put together a commission be like hey well what are some of the ill effects of the social aspect and maybe some of the it can go too far we want to study that and just make sure we're doing it right i'd be like yeah good i think that's a great idea because it's information and i would want to have the information i would want to have as much data as possible so i could make informed decisions but the reality is the people that are in charge the people that are in power they don't want that information and that should scare the crap out of you the people that are pushing the vaccines high, low, private, public, all across the board. Number one, will not release any financial data on their own personal stake in how much money they're making through these vaccines. They're also actively obfuscate. Oh, my God. Thunder. I must be hitting the nail on that. I was wondering where the dogs were going bonkers. Now it makes sense. Yes, go ahead. Sorry. So, anyways, (laughs) um, the the people that are pushing this, uh, the the vaccine makers, Pfizer, Moderna, Stephane Bancel, all these other people that that are in charge, they got full liability protection. So even if this vaccine does harm you, there's nothing you can do about it. You're just out of luck and tough break. So, okay, 
And then on top of it, you have the people that are supposed to be the regulators, are supposed to be the arbiters of fact of, all right, well, let's look at it and let's see how safe these are. And I hope that they're fully safe. Back to my exercise and diet analogy, I would expect you're not going to find a whole lot. So we could put it to rest and be like, hey, you know what it turns out is really unhealthy? Obesity. I know it's shocking and that we're not allowed to say that anymore, but as it turns out, there's a lot of health problems. That's like worse than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Huh? Yeah, let's glorify that. What a great plan. Pause. Let's change directions. And so instead now, the people that are supposed to be discerning and reviewing all of this to ensure that we, the people, are protected from greedy corporate profiteers are all in bed with the greedy profiteers. And so we had a FOIL request, not us, somebody, and said, hey, we'd like to know all the royalty payments that are being set in the uh, NIA whatever it is, NIAID, I can't remember the acronym anymore, came out with like, here it is. And it was all redacted. (laughs) Pages of Sharpies. What? Sorry. What what is so secret about this? That should scare the crap out of you. Like, it's like a referee of a football game, and you're like, hey, just who's paying you? And they're like, well, we get a standard salary. Like, any other money coming in? Like, yeah. Okay. Could you show me like where it is? And they were like, yeah, here it is. And it says one of the team names and everything else is blacked out. Um, think we need more info here, guys. Just maybe a little. So instead they all keep doing this. So now Bill Gates and all these other sociopaths that have been lying and pushing this for so long when it was so obvious it wasn't working. I'm starting to think right now. So I wonder when they did that 60 minutes interview, right? They must've done that 60 interviews. I wasn't yesterday, no. so it had to been a week before. Probably. So a week ago today, Kathy Hochul removed the emergency powers in New York State. Do you think that everybody was like, oh, crap, like all the inner workings I say when I say everybody. Biden just said the pandemic's over. All you people who have emergency powers, be on alert that, that Biden, you know, on 60 Minutes, there's going to be a, a, a discussion of the pandemic's over, and if you have emergency powers, you're going to look like a fool. I mean, I think it's... That happened. I guarantee that happened. It's entirely plausible. And at the same time, (laughs) that's terrible that it's plausible. I think that it's a, it's likely even, I would say. But even if it's not true, then what the only reason she gave up her emergency powers is because now we're hitting full campaign swing. Right. And she knows that was a huge area of vulnerability for Lee Zeldin to just slam down on her over and over again of she's power hungry and all she wants to do is be in charge. Like she won't give up emergency powers. What's the emergency? And you know, there's no way, well, maybe, I don't know. I can't see the scenario, but I guess they could reuse it if they wanted to, because technically the, the national emergency powers is Trump's, right? So he put the emergency act in, in March 13th, I think it was. And we're still, it's still in effect to this day. I still get so mad at the family members and friends that I have that are hugely anti-Trump for all the wrong reasons it is so frustrating to me of like they're like oh you're a big trump fan like no i can't stand the guy and here's the list of reasons why and it is the exact opposite of everything you can't stand about him but it's the difference is my list is true and my list is accurate like i I don't understand god bless these political parties because they find themselves stuck because you know damn well there's nothing the democrats would like to do more than Find adverse effects and pin it on Donald Trump for rushing the vaccine, which they absolutely should be killing him for. 
but they can't because they went so far overboard on making everybody get the vaccine that they can't back down. Like the idea that there are countries around the world that are banning vaccines and everybody under the age of 50. No other country in the world is allowing children under the age of five to get vaccinated. And most are lifting the recommendation that anybody under 18 get vaccinated. And we can't stop doubling down. Somebody literally wrote an article like a week ago that said the debate on, co- on vaccines in children is over. The vaccines won. And they got so killed for it, they had to pull it down. I wish I could remember who wrote the article. But it was hilarious. Like, you guys live in this world that is not reality. Because on the average person, the, I've seen the data for vaccine uptake for children under five. It ain't good. Well, it's good if you're a fan right. of, like, you know, humanity and healthy people and healthy children. But if you're a vaccine advocate... You got problems because it, it's so low. It was laughable, but they've married themselves to this position. They have tethered themselves to this ship that was sinking and on fire. And they were like, maybe we can use it as a weapon. And now they're stuck to it. They're going to try to transition away from it. I don't know when they're going to start, but at some point they are going to make the transition to any adverse effects are a, are Donald Trump's fault for operation warp speed. And it is, sorry to all you Trump supporters out there, but that's reality. He put the number two guy at Pfizer in charge of Operation Warp Speed to rush the approval process for largely untested mRNA technology for vaccines. Guys, it was a terrible decision and it never should have been allowed to happen. And if you don't think he did it with the whole and express hope of it being ready by November to get a political win, then you don't really understand how this Oh, there, there's, he was, well, we've talked about this maybe two or three episodes ago where the some people were trying to make that assertion, right? That basically, uh, that Trump was trying was super like pushing, you know, bullying the uh, FDA to try to get his vaccine out before the election time, so that he could basically run on it. So, and they were killing him for like, yeah, oh, I'm gonna take this vaccine. It's been, rushed. and you know, he wanted to make like all the vaccines like gold with fucking the big T on there, like I mean, just, like Trump. Every like, Trump every- comes with a MAGA hat. Like that was that was where we were trending. And so this is where, like, if you're on the outside looking in at these two sides fighting each other, it's hilarious because yeah. you're going, but wait, wait, it was it was your guy that got him approved, and now this side's killing him for like not being pro vaccine. Yeah, and enough. Simil- I mean, you know, and this is all the same the same circle is that you know the left used to kill the the you know basically saying that. Trump was the reason why that the the magas weren't taking the vaccine. I'm like, Trump is pushing the vaccine pretty much every single time he speaks about it, and people are you know pushing booing, back, him. booing him in that regard, and it com- just completely lost. Right, like there is no like whatever you want. They're not maga people who didn't want to take the vaccine. They're people who didn't want to take the vaccine. Period. That's all they are. And right. because it became political, they became maga. Even though maga was trying, or Trump was trying to push. The vaccine on maggots. I think that's just going to be my new response every time I have this discussion with anybody is like, well, you got to get the vaccine still. It's still going to be like, I didn't realize you were such a Trump supporter. Interesting. (laughs) He's on the same page. Oh, you didn't get the new booster? Maggot. Uh, The booster that was tested on eight mice. Yeah, well, you know. Guys, this should scare the crap out of you. This is nuts. It could have been seven. (laughs) They could have gone with nine. (laughs) My God. I mean, at least you would have had something then. But I get it. I get the argument. But if you are not at all concerned about a safety profile for this, you should at least be concerned that they're not even looking at it. They don't want to know. Yeah. All right? They have no interest in finding out what's going on there. Yeah, and here's almost like, uh, you know, proof of that, right? He's, he basically said, don't, don't, don't go looking at 
adverse events for vaccines. That's a bad idea. Oh, it's a dead end. There's nothing there. Like, um. Like, even if they did it and there was nothing there, like, fortification, right? Like, you're literally being like, hey, look, we did this and we still found nothing. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm going to audit the books at Enron. And the accounting firm is like, listen, it's a dead end. We already looked at it. There's nothing there. You don't need to look. Even, oh, immediately. Like, I don't know any other context where somebody could say that and your initial reaction would not be, wait, what are you hiding? Yeah, exactly. I, like, I don't understand. As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, okay. Like, oh, crap. You knew about the adverse effects all the way back in 2017. You knew yeah. this was going to be a problem and you were trying so, to get people off. And that the was trail. just, listen, that was 2017. So that was Trump's commission on just every vaccine, right? right. So pre, this is not talking about this mRNA stuff. That's just other vaccines, which obviously Gates was already very, uh, 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 infamous for, let's just say. So Gates um, has killed a lot of fucking yeah. people in Africa yeah, yeah. with vaccine testing that is not. Oh, let's show. Let's the, go with ethically okay. That's and the I apologize price. That's the price of. The that's the price of freedom. All right, let's um, let's switch gears a little bit to uh, more craziness. Um, we haven't touched on this in a little while, but um, you guys probably remember John Durham. Yeah, he uh, special counsel uh, or. Yeah, I think he's special counsel appointed by Trump to uh, look into the Russia hoax, which um, if you read the media like two weeks ago, it was all but dead. You know, the Dur investigation was pretty much over. You know, this thing was coming to an end and boom, all of a sudden Durham like decides, eh, you forgot they have another trial here. Uh, Igor Danchenko, who we've talked about a little bit. Love that guy. Who was the, uh, what I guess they call the subsource of the Steele dossier. The Steele sure. dossier being the uh, uh, information gathered uh, by Christopher Steele and uh, paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign and put together to show Donald Trump was in cahoots with uh, Putin and the Russian oligarchs and the P-tape or something. So Dachenko was the main source of the Steele dossier. So here's where I want to bring to attention to everybody uh, now <coughs> that we just learned a week ago sure. <coughs> through a uh, Durham release. Igor Danchenko testified with the FBI in 2017 about this and told the FBI that, yeah, I made, it th made this all up. And so this is why he's being, he's being charged with five counts of lying to the FBI in the Durham investigation. So that's what he's going on trial for in October. But the information that's coming out is that he testified or was, uh, uh, gave testimony to the FBI basically saying, yeah, I made up most of this stuff in 2017. What did the FBI do, Mr. Husong? Put him on payroll. So they hired him, this guy, Igor Chanchenko, sure. and he worked for the FBI until October of 2020, the whole time, while th literally he was an FBI informant. It's amazing. It's, the FBI should be abolished. I, it, 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 whatever, it needs to be totally taken down. It's, I think we are living, like we won't know this for another five to ten years from now, but we are living at the beginning of the end of the FBI. I, it has to be. Like, there's no right. way that... Enough reasonable people. I believe that there are enough reasonable people out there in the world when they just are aware of what information is being presented these days about the FBI, realizing that they're 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 compromised beyond repair. I mean, I'm having a hard time arguing against that. the The entity does seem to be beyond repair. I mean, and it went from like they the can't most, fix it. It's too. It's, it's too. too yeah, it's, it's too, too entrenched. The corruption is part of the system. It's no longer a bug. It's a feature. And it's it's not okay because they have very broad police powers. And they can be used and they can ruin you. Um, and that's, that's a shame because that's not what it's supposed to be. 
And I, I think this goes into like the, the power corrupts and the longer it goes on. And th there is a swamp. There is a, uh, not just in DC, Albany has one. Every other capital city in the country has one. Politics has become so dirty and they've become entrenched with the FBI now that this stuff is inexcusable. I mean, and when you start looking at the totality of it, of looking what they're doing to these people from January 6th, looking at what they did to these poor idiots up in, in Michigan with the fednapping plot, looking at what they're doing as far as completely stifling the Hunter Biden stuff, like, it's so bad that there's not a reasonable person that can say it's still an objective agency. Yeah, at all. It's not. And, I, you know, I... Uh, Kudos to Technofog. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter or her oh. on Twitter, but uh, uh, that account does uh, pretty cool background and research on some stuff. And uh, he also has a Substack, or she has a Substack. I'm not sure again, or maybe it's a group of people. But Technofog, uh, their Substack is, is worth reading. But they do it. He, she, they have a uh, a good brief timeline of Danchenko interviews uh, and events that happen around that. I would encourage everybody to go kind of read through that, skim through that, and you can see how stupid this is. From the beginning. I mean, the FBI knew that all the Steele dossier was fake, and yet they were still applying for FISA warrants against Trump on the same information. And and falsifying the FISA warrants on top of it. Yeah. Like, not even knowing it was completely nonsensical, they still had to lie to make it sufficient so they could actually get these warrants approved. Here's the problem, and I guess this correlates back to what we always talked about with the FDA and CDC and NIAD with COVID stuff of, there's which one do you want to be? Do you want to be this corrupt or this incompetent? I'll let you pick. You tell me which one you want me to label you as. You are either, as an entity, so overridden with corruption that the, the idea of being a fair, objective, and equally leveled law enforcement agency is laughable. Like, you can't even claim it. So, is it a result of corruption or is it a result of incompetence? I, what do you want to be? Because either way, the result is the same. If you're FBI, if this is their best effort, and this is all on the up and up, and they are just this level of incompetent, then the entity should be abolished. And so this is, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know if they're waiting on some kind of clearance for this, but I'm going to read from, uh, uh, this is uh, Washington Examiner. Uh, John Durham wants to use internal instant messages from an FBI analyst embroiled in the Hunter Biden saga in his trial against Christopher Steele's main dossier source, Igor Danchenko. This is Danchenko. Like his, uh, speaking of Danchenko, his lawyers revealed Thursday some of what Durham plans to use in the October trial of, again, Danchenko, uh, including Microsoft link chats from a bureau analyst who interviewed the Russian national in 2017 and went on to get mixed up in the investigation into Joe Biden's son. So this analyst, FBI supervisory intelligence analyst Brian Auten, A-U-T-E-N, this is the guy who whistleblowers say opened an August 2020 assessment used by the FBI to wrongly label accurate information about Hunter Biden as false. So they're all linked together. This whole thing is the FBI. This it's the FBI is beyond repair. Like it's, it's, it, I don't I know. I don't know what it looks like, right. what, what a deconstruction of the FBI looks like, because you can't probably go without some current investigations that are continuing and whatnot. Like maybe there needs to be some kind of independent, whatever, entity in charge of that or whatever. I don't know what it looks like in practice, but it's beyond repair. Like it's broken. It's, it's a weapon right now to anybody who disagrees with pretty much anybody on the inside. Yeah. I mean, even like the, the case up in Michigan where they went after this guy for kidnapping, attempting to kidnap the governor with 16 FBI informants. 
Like, that guy ended up on the radar because he put mean things about the FBI online. Like, he was very critical of them online, and that's how he got on their radar. That doesn't look good. Sorry. Not for a law enforcement agency. You need to be above that. If you're not above that, then why in the world should anybody trust you? And I, I guess I, I hope it's not beyond saving, but I don't know how it isn't. Like, I, I don't know how it could possibly be. There would have to be a, a massive revolt with it internally, right? Like the uh, yeah, the, the clean baseball players would have to come out and out all the users, right? Like that's it would have to be that, right? That's true. And I don't know that. At, uh, apologies to all my uh, uh, or our uh, police officer friends, but circling the wagons around this, like, and just standing behind the thin blue line or whatever the FBI wants the the equivalent is there is not going to work in this case. People inside the FBI are going to have to come out, and I guess there are some whistleblowers coming out, so hopefully it's the crack is happening. Um, but it, that's what it's going to take for for this, to save the FBI. There will have to be a a large enough faction of the the current agents within the FBI to save it. That like they're the only ones. needs to be held accountable. And, and I think yeah. that's it. Um, that too. Because right now, the guy who lied on a FISA warrant, think about the insanity of what's allowed by a FISA warrant. Like, you just get to do whatever you want because it's it's basically all secret, all hidden. The person that you're investigating doesn't get to know about it. Like, you have no idea. It completely violates your Fourth Amendment right against illegal search and seizure. But it's okay by law of the Patriot Act. So this is already a highly suspect and questionable um part of our justice system. It's already on pretty shaky ground. And it's like, we were assured we're only going after terrorists guys. That's it. Like we, and we need this to go after all the terrorists that are trying to kill all of us. That's how they, that's how they get in. So fine. This guy took what everybody was worried about of you could use this as an abuse of power. Like this could be so easily corrupted and used against innocent people that this is way too much power to give somebody. But we needed to be safe, so we let it go. And now this FBI agent, whose name I'm blanking on right now, got caught falsifying the data to get a FISA warrant on people associated with a presidential campaign. Yeah, it was Carter Page was the guy who they went after Correct. the warrant, and he was loosely associated with the campaign. And like, he was also a CIA informant, right. and they, they said the CIA is also interested in this guy, and then erased the part where it said he also works for the CIA. Like, this was the most blatant. How many years did that guy get in prison? Right, for completely turning illegally the power of the United States justice system on Carter Page. And listen, Carter Page is probably a piece of shit too. I'm not here now defending him, but he might not be. I have no idea. Either way, you don't get to do this. And if you do this, it is such a gross abuse of power that the FBI and the Justice Department had a chance to actually send a message that, hey, we understand how much power we've given you. And to the people that abuse it, guess what? You are fired. You are losing your law license. You are going to prison because you just weaponized what is supposed to be an independent law enforcement body against an American citizen. And instead, I think he was suspended. And he's got a law license again, and I'm pretty sure he might still be working for the FBI. Like, it was insanity what this guy, he pled guilty to it. Like, he did it. No question. And they were like, hey, hey. You, you don't do that again. You understand? All right, good. Get back out there, champ. Yeah, well. And you wonder why people have some questions? You wonder why people have some doubt about the, 
I don't even know what the right word is here. The legitimacy of this organization? Sorry. I, you can't do that. Yeah, and we'll see if it actually bleeds out into the in, or into, I guess, or from the DOJ too, because they're you know they're linked. We'll see. I don't know, but like oh. I said, it look, the FBI literally looks like a, a clown show right now, and worse than that, they're a criminal clown show. I mean, they're they're a they're a mafia. Listen, literally, if they ever hear this, they're gonna come after us. That's what's yeah. really messed up about this. Yeah. They'll be like, all right, well, now these guys are obviously trying to sow discontent and cause uprisings against the government like we're we're dangerously venturing into like the territory at the beginning of star wars empire formation like no 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 not not everything that's against the government is bad and not everything that's pro-government is good sorry it's just not reality it's not i, I wish the world was that simple i wish we still were this beacon of hope and freedom for the world we're not and to pretend like we are only leads you to allow for more atrocities to be committed by these people in power. Well, I will. Some people still think we are the beacon of freedom. Venezuelans. Sure. They've been coming here. What? Nothing. <laughs> they've been coming here to the United States, uh, Mr. Husong. You may be aware that some of them were recently uh, relocated to uh, places like New York City and Martha's Vineyard. Uh, from uh, folks like uh, Governor Greg Abbott in uh, Texas and Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida and whoever's in Arizona. Um, this seems to be picking up steam here. This idea that uh, these border states who, um, I guess in a legal sense, are, uh, what, non-sanctuary districts are taking these uh, immigrants who are coming in across the border or, or, or where else and shipping them off to sanctuary districts like New York City and uh, Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> oh, it's still my favorite. <laughs> so creative, yes, right, yeah. Um, I, you know, listen, I'm not here to defend the uh, move or uh, criticize the move per se, I, but I recognize that it's happening. I understand why it's happening. And my question to you, Mr. Husung, is do you think this, um, I mean, you guys can go, we can talk about it in brief here about what actually happened, the back and forth between what happened in, in Martha's Vineyard and how whatever. But do you think this actually changes any of these? And Syracuse is one. And I think maybe even Onondaga County is one, a sanctuary district and a sanctuary city. Syracuse is definitely a sanctuary city. Are we going to see the end of sanctuary districts, cities, counties, whatnot, states? Um, California is a sanctuary state, so says Governor Newsom. So maybe Hochul has said the same thing here. I don't even know. But do you think that this idea, um, which for the most part, is some virtual signaling from these communities because in, clearly Martha's Vineyard had no interest in accepting immigrants into their community. So do you think this is the end of this uh, virtual signaling sanctuary city idea uh, across the country? No. They're just going to try to blame it and say, like, you you sent it when we weren't ready. If you would have told us that you were sending it, we could have prepared well, things. Well, I mean, Martha's Vineyard put up a GoFundMe so they could raise money for the immigrants. And then, well, I guess technically not for the immigrants, uh, for themselves, actually, so that when the next group of immigrants come, that they had to have busing ready for them. So to get them they raised money. Martha's yes, Martha's Vineyard raised money for themselves so that they could handle the next emergency influx of uh Plains of immigrants. Apparently, Man. 50 50 Venezuelans was too much for them to handle. Listen, Martha's, in September. Martha's Vineyard had the National Guard on site within 24 hours, like to get these people out of there. This is where I, I feel so terrible for all these people 
leaving Venezuela, which has to be... Imagine it was so bad here that the idea of taking any mode of transportation you could find, truck, foot, walking, horse, whatever you could get on and however you could get there, you were going to make your way from upstate New York all the way down to South America. Like, imagine it was that bad. Imagine things, and listen, I, I say imagine, like, we might be heading in that direction, but that would be, like, decades from now. But either way, let's say it was that bad, and then you finally get there. And you've got, you know it's it's illegal for you to get in there. You're going to go back and forth. Look, I don't fault these people because I promise you I would do the same thing. If I lived in one of these countries with 80% per year inflation like Venezuela has or the cartel problem that Mexico has, 100% of the time I am leaving it by any means necessary to get into America. 10 out of 10, no question. So I, I am not here to pass judgment on any of these people. I hate... Hate's too strong of a word. I really, really, really dislike all these people in their quote-unquote sanctuary states and cities who want to cast judgments and throw stones on these border towns for being like, we cannot take all these people. We can't do it. They cannot come here. We don't have the resources. Racists. And they get called racist. And the, and the governor Abbott's the Lord, like, it's not a racist thing. We just don't have the means, and it's supposed to be the federal government that is stopping this, and they refuse to do it, and it is destroying our communities. And the people in their ivory towers and their nice, comfortable homes in Martha's Vineyard in Los Angeles are like, these racists, all are welcome here, everybody. And so they went, all right, cool, here's 50. Because we're dealing with about 5,000, but here's 50. And the people in Martha's Vineyard, instead of having any self-reflection of like, oh, I get it now. Like, you can't actually handle this. What? You're the not first, equipped. like, six hours, they were like, we're going to welcome these people in here. And then, as you point out, like, six hours later, the army was taking them to a base in Cape Cod. Right. <laughs> They're like, uh, just kidding. Go away. It lasted less than, like, 48 hours. Yeah, it was about 48 hours they, they had on Martha's Vineyard. Um and it's not just Martha's Vineyard, New York, Washington, D.C. The mayor of Washington, D.C. wanted the federal government to, to claim a national emergency because their problem. Like, you guys are dealing with one-tenth of the problem that these border towns are, and you immediately, immediately folded on every principle you claim to have. It did no time at all, which is what people like me have been saying all along is, look, it's easy to say that from where you are, but you're not dealing with the problem. And if you had to deal with this problem, it would have a very different tune. And I was right. Because as soon as it hit, you were like, well, we don't have the services. All right, cool. You probably have some money. Yeah. Let's get it going. To prove your point, here's uh, Mayor Adams of uh, New York City. Um, I'll read from Politico here. It says, at least 11,000 migrants have entered the city's homeless shelter since May including 2,500 who arrived on buses chartered by Abbott, leading Adams to declare the shelters at their breaking point. So the city has opened 23 emergency shelters and expects to open 38 more. So they don't expect this to stop. Um, if this is alleviating the stress in those border towns or wherever the uh, 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 immigrants are coming from, I don't see this stopping. So I don't know. I think this is going to play out for, for a while here, uh, at least through election day. Like I don't see this stopping through election day. And I think it's going to be uh, a bigger and bigger story because I think they're going to start spreading these uh, immigrants out to other locations. So basically to try to draw news to all the places, you know, I'm guessing Aspen's going to get some here. Right. You know, right. 
Yeah, I bet. I mean, listen, it's going to make people a lot quieter about like voicing too much of it because if you know that that's where it's coming next. And again, I feel like these these poor people that have just emigrated over here, I feel so terrible for them that they're being used like this. At the same time, it's not their fault. The problem lies with the government of their complete unwillingness to do the job. As much as I understand why all these people want to come into America, I also understand why America in its current form cannot take all these people in all at once. It will collapse the system. I'm sorry, but it's just basic math. It's too many people coming in at once. You want all these open borders? I'm on board. You got to get rid of most of the social safety nets that we have then. I'm sorry that that's the reality of the world, but it is. And our government can do nothing efficiently and the only thing it can do effectively as we've covered several times is kill minorities and even they're not they're not even efficient about that but it's literally the only thing they can do effectively is drop bombs on poor brown people around the world outside of that name give me one thing the government does efficiently and effectively i mean legal plunder i mention this all the time right like they get enriched people in america spend more money on taxes than they do on food healthcare, and clothing combined in a given year. And that's just the average. So if you live in New York State, guess what? You're way above average with how much you pay in taxes. What do we get? We we're, get... we're going to get to get that, what we get. All right. But, but just <laughs> as, a, as a preview, I guess. You know what we get for that money? We get politicians that get so enriched during their time in office that they never, ever retire. We get people that involve, that engage in insider trading so blatant that retail investor groups just follow their portfolio tracking. There are multiple websites set up now for you to just mimic what everybody in Congress is doing. That's how rampant this corruption is. We get back, back alley deals. We get donors getting all of the sweetheart contracts, and we get such blatant levels of self-enrichment and corruption that we just accept it. We don't even act like it's, we act like it's an inevitability at this point. Yeah. I'm going to quote, uh, Onondaga County legislature, uh, legislator, uh, Charles Garland, when he sold his, uh, vote to, uh, the aquarium guy, McFishbowl, uh, basically said, this is politics 101. So it's just accepted at this point, like right. literally publicly stating, yeah, I'll just, I'll just, as long as I get something, I'll give you something like it's not how it's supposed to work. Oh, uh, listen, I didn't even care about that as much of fine. You want to compromise and this is how you're going to do it. Okay, cool. What I care about is the stuff where, oh, okay, this Jerome Adams, the former surgeon general is up left, right, and center talking about how the pandemic is still going on and we need to keep testing and tracing and we need to monitor this and we're dropping the ball and it's going to be bad. And then you find out, like, oh, it's because you're on the board for a company that sells tests. All right, cool. It's finding out that the largest donors to every single politician get every single government contract. It's finding out that Joe Biden's brother gets contracts to go build houses in Iraq for a company that he just joined. Like, it's so blatant. It is so in your face. And this is where when people are like, tax the rich, we got to just pay your fair share. It's everything I can do to not smack these people, to be like, what is my fair share? I'm not even rich. How much do you want me to pay so that Chuck Schumer can get richer? How much am I supposed to pay in taxes so that Kathy Hochul can increase her net worth by another $10 million before she leaves office? Because that's what my tax dollars are actually going to. 
You know what? If you want me to help take care of the homeless, I am in. I will do that on my own time and with my own dime. Stop making me go through the government to do it because all they do is a little bit gets taken off the top and you all know it's true. Best case scenario, somebody is getting a little bit richer and at least some of the money actually goes to the cause. But it's not it. We fight homelessness by increasing the budget and somehow get more homeless people. It's, it's not an accident. It's the system as is right now. I don't even know what to call this system. It's a kleptocracy. It is a different set of rules for these people than for everybody else. We have people in this country who are above the law. That is not okay. And it's not a Democrat problem. It's not a Republican problem. It is an establishment problem. I promise you Mitch McConnell is no less corrupt than Chuck Schumer. No. Two sides of the same coin. So you please tell me why I should feel good about all the money I spend in taxes that go to this. Well, have fun without any roads, dumbass. You're right. We never had a road in the country before 1916 when we instituted the income tax. Genius. Well, Mr. Hughesong. Sorry. That's all right. I'll, uh, I'll echo all those sentiments. Um, and to your point, the job of government official, and let's just say New York governor, for example, um, is so sought after that uh, people are willing to cheat to get there, Mr. Hughesong. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to touch on this uh, only because it uh, uh, is. I'm fond of the. Uh, I'm fond of the uh, the source of this uh, investigation. Let, let's just say, though, um, I mentioned this one other time here. But uh, New York Governor candidate Lee Zeldin, who survived his attack, we're all thankful for that. Um, is uh, getting in some hot water, and more specifically, the uh, New York State Republican Party is in some hot water, and some of the people who are running uh, the show there, because uh, as I mentioned uh, maybe a month ago or so ago, there was an investigation into their pursuit of the Independence Party uh, ballot line here in New York State. And to do so, uh, just for some quick uh, context, you needed to submit 45,000 valid signatures. Uh, nobody did that. And uh, shocking. Well, Lee Zeldin, Lee Zeldin did it, but it required 11,000 photocopied signatures, right? So you hate to see a, it. A, a sizable chunk of those signatures were basically sure. duplicates. Sure. That's a, illegal. I don't know if you know that, Mr. Hughesong. You're not allowed to do that. So uh, the party that I'm involved with, the Libertarian Party of New York, uh, caught this. Uh, kudos to uh, new, oh, I guess congratulations. I, I guess there was a state convention yesterday. I was busy, obviously, with the smoking of the weed and the... Uh, state convention, uh, we have a new chair in the LPNY, Andrew Colsty, who was the person who actually caught this uh, oh, okay. caught this uh, 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 transgression of the Republican Party here. So, But to your point, you know, the Independence Party was used as leverage in this state. Uh, the governor used it. Cuomo used it, that line. Um, they, at one year, in 2016, they used, they tried to use Gary Johnson on that line. So it gets used as a way to um, add extra ballot lines for some of these major establishment candidates for the most part. I'm assuming Zeldin thought that he was going to be able to get this independence line and, uh, you know, trick all the people who thought they were independents uh, into voting him or whatever, or get some kind of uh, uh, additional votes through that line. But it's interesting because these are all felonies, uh, like federal. I mean, you cannot mess around with this election stuff. So, I, you know. It's all white collar crime here, but it's going to be interesting to see what because they're moving forward with this investigation into this. Uh, it turns out that uh, I'll just end this on this side. But the per the person who was uh, handling this, <laughs> under the direction of John F. Haggerty, a longtime GOP operative, uh, this person 
stole a bunch of money from Michael Bloomberg when he uh, was uh, part of that campaign. Uh, Haggerty, 53, was convicted in 2011 of stealing roughly $750,000. Not a small chunk of change. It is to Michael Bloomberg. From, yeah, from, well, that's probably why I thought he'd get away with it. From former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg uh, during his 2009 re-election campaign. So, high-integrity guy, apparently. Sure. Running the uh, show here for uh, the Republicans here in uh, Albany, trying to get the independence line. Uh, probably going to end badly for these guys. So, um, kudos again to... Uh, Chairman Colsty for uh, bringing this to the attention. And what I want to end on, or we're going to end on here, Mr. Mister Hughes Song, is uh, Lee Zeldin's opponent in the uh, New York governor's race coming up uh, seven weeks from tomorrow. Okay. Seven weeks, folks. You get to write in Larry Sharp. We need 130,000 people to write in Larry Sharp. Good luck. Yeah, we need it. But that'll give us back on the line. That's how stupid New York laws are. So... So there was a recent uh, article that I'll get to at the end here, but, and I see that the New York Post, and I have several New York Post here lines up on purpose here because uh, their uh, editorial board posted something yesterday, evidence of Hochul's pay-to-play outrage mounts. So it kind of documents a bunch of pay-to-play schemes uh, of our current appointed governor, uh, unelected governor, if you will, and how we had talked about how she had raised seemingly so much money that there had to be somebody else behind it. Like I didn't like there, I didn't think she could do it because she was nobody. She had never raised money in her whole life ever at any substantial amount, uh, even with her husband in, in tow, the until she became governor, which she has raised Cuomo esque tens of millions of dollars. Um but they seem to come with let's call them coincidental uh or a those monies are coming from coincidental campaign donors. So this is the one where I first uh, became, probably not the first one, but one of the early ones where I became aware of Hochul's uh, 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 pay-to-play thing because it involved Mad Men, which is a cannabis dealer uh, trying to uh, establish themselves here in New York State, and another cannabis retailer, Ascend Wellness, who had a deal to buy Mad Men, that regulators were like, nah, we're not going to do this for over a year. And then, I mean, coincidentally, the purchaser, Ascend Wellness, who wanted to buy this, who wanted to become, uh, buy, make this transaction and get it through, who has been unable to because of regulators, held a fundraiser for Governor Hochul. And then she came out and was like, hey, regulators, I think you should kind of let this this uh, go, this sale go through, and boom, the sale went through. The regulators regulators let it go through, and uh, Mad Men is suing, and maybe they actually maybe made some claim that they did sue. Uh, so this way, this was my first like eh, radar moment of Hochul's a piece of crap. So just some other things that were uh, noted throughout the uh, throughout that uh, article. <coughs> I'll read some headlines. Hochul donor. In line for $1.2 billion tax break in Penn Station overhaul plan. So, a company headed by a big donor to Kathy Hochul is in line for a $1.2 billion tax break under her opaque plan to overhaul Penn Station. Opaque. Mm. Um, again, uh, kind of, this was, this was a project that was started by her predecessor, and uh, apparently she's going to close the deal. So, with... A gigantic uh, campaign donor of hers. And let me read another headline. Uh, Governor Hochul 
gave elite access and results to campaign donors. So these are a set of emails, and I'll again read early on in this article. Top aide to Governor Hochul offered boutique access and customer service to elite deep-pocketed donors keen on furthering their business interests in the state. So this is a review of 161 pages of emails, and they show that basically Governor Hochul's uh, uh, administration was setting up personal meetings with people willing to uh, and wanting to do business in and with the the state. So, uh, and I'll get to the most recent headline, which ties back into COVID to some degree and what you were talking about uh, testing. Uh, this is from the Times Times Union. California paid 45% less for tests supplied by Hochul donor. Um, Republican and good government group have asked law enforcement to examine New York's $637 million in purchases of COVID-19 test kits from a company associated with Hochul's campaign donor. So this company, Digital Assets, was a middleman mm-hmm. through a company called Access Bio, I think it was, who made the test. So Access Bio is making the test. Access Bio is selling directly to California and other entities. But in New York... Governor Hochul wanted to make sure that they could secure those tests through a third party, quote unquote, digital gadgets. And digital gadgets then donated $300,000 to Governor Hochul's uh, campaign. $70,000 uh, before the uh, uh, deal was struck and $230,000 after, uh, si- after the signing of the deal. So, um, Well, that's just good sense. Right. So not only were the tests unnecessary by all regards at this point, we overpaid by twice as much as all these other government entities. So, I don't know. We talked about this this morning, Try to bring this. It, she's, she's every bit of Governor Cuomo, right? There's, I don't know of, other than the touchy grabbing fannies part, like there's not a huge difference other than she was probably aware that he was grabbing fannies and said nothing. Excuse me. Excuse yeah. me. It's pretty misogynistic. You don't know she wasn't out there smacking fannies too. Fair. All right. Let's but be, we, let's haven't, we haven't been... Uh, made aware of that yet. Anyway, there has been no accusations coming forward uh, where Hochul was grabbing crotches, right? So I got to level um, with you. I've never wanted anything to turn out to be true more than I want. It'd be great. It, it turns lead- out she's like a serial sexual harasser. Of, of I would, I don't know. If I could even do a show on it because I would like it would be overwhelming to me at that. Yeah, point. but the Sorry. whole show would be on that. I would nonstop coverage. Yes. So you know, I shared a bunch of these screenshots of these these exact uh, uh, stories uh, a couple days ago on Facebook and just put the I heart New York uh, thing on there. Cause we're all used to it. Like <clears throat> I'm sure we're both outraged right now, but neither one of us are like mad, like in real time. Like, cause it's terror. It's, it's so it's accepted that it's, it's almost, it is disheartening, like, to think that, like... It's an odd satisfaction in it, though. Yeah. I, I get it. I don't know, man. It's so... Because you hear of all this pontificating on each side about how the other side is so corrupt and so evil, and, my God, it's only this party that cares about you. And then you get to, like, oh, but this and this, and you're all full of it. Like, no, 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 it's different. Like, no, it's not. I'm sorry. I wish it was. But this is blatant levels of corruption. This is inexcusable. This is unjustifiable. There is no way that you could spin this to make it out to be anything other than what it is. Corruption. Sorry. And in the same way where I feel bad for the migrants, and I, but, but it, there's a certain satisfaction that comes with incontrovertible proof 
that the person who has been the loudest virtue signalers imaginable, you get to go, here's incontrovertible evidence that you are full of it. So now, are you going to change your opinion in light of the new evidence, or are you going to try to change the evidence in light of your preconceived opinion? And we all know which way it goes. Yeah, or they just justify it as, you know, for the right cause, which right. is terrible. And I'm just reading a note, and I'll finish up on this. New York, if they would have paid the same price as California, they would have saved $286 million of your money, Mr. Hughesong. Oh, God, you know what? I do want to pay them more in taxes. You know, all you people, you were right. I was wrong. I should be giving them more money because, obviously, it's all going for these wonderful purposes of roads. Yeah. I, like I said, it's it's beyond, it's, like, there's no nothing else you can say. You just, you can point it out, and people have to either make, accept it, make, like, I don't, are we just like, I mean, we are we self-punishing here by living in this state? Yeah. Like, are we just. Oh, for sure, yes. We're not, we, we should just move? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you got to vote with your feet. Um, I'm, listen, man, I'm stuck. I can't leave yet. I will, but I can't leave yet. Uh, and I accept that. And listen, I, I think that for me, a large part of this is I'm not out to crusade and change the world. I'm, I am trying to figure out, all right, let's make sure that I'm in a position where I can take care of what needs to be taken care of. And I'm not, I forgot the bill stadium thing. Go ahead. I'm not in a position to be vulnerable, liable or anything else where I'm always in a position to, to be taken care of. And my thought behind that is if everybody took that stance, we would have a much better society. So I am not out to, to cheerlead for either side. I'm just not. I, I, I think that the system itself is the problem. And I guess this is where I'm at. Everything like this that comes out is just, it gets us one step closer to more people understanding. It's so much worse than what we know. And what we know is unjustifiable. And I'm sure there's so much more we don't know. So I am for the anti-corruption side of it. And I think the only way we get to that is the corruption gets worse first. And it gets more blatant. And then eventually it, it gets to a point of enough people finally go, you know what, enough. And I thought that moment was Donald Trump getting elected president. I thought that would make people go like, holy crap. How jacked is this system that this guy actually just won a presidential election? But instead, it turned into Russiagate because they can never have any actual self-reflection to be like, hey, how did we ever let it get to this point? And like I said, I mean, I, you know, I would, I don't really know, but I feel like, like, this is where the FBI should be putting their resources into things like this, right? Yeah. Maybe. I don't yes. know. Yes. But instead, we got to, you know, got to protect <clears throat> these people from the. We got to kidnap governors. Right. We got to pretend to kidnap governors and thwart terror plots. Um. I just, I think it's a travesty that we've gotten to this point. But I am also a realist to tell you, do you understand how involved you'd have to, the plan would have to be to roll back the power the state has enough to actually stop this? You're talking about New York or uh, the state in general? Um, yeah, so it's the, we. I don't think we've talked about it on the show, and I don't even know if I have the right terminology, but there's, uh, maybe it's Schedule F. Uh, federal employees. Have you heard this thing that Trump was going to try to basically? There's a a, a majority, if not uh, like two thirds, of the uh, federal employees are employed through this act, if you will. And um, uh, Trump was thinking about undoing it and therefore giving him unilaterally powers to like basically just fire all these people. Um, something of that nature, like. I'm sure that New York state has something. If you go back in enough time, you're like, okay, from this point, whatever, when we did this right here, 
the explosion of whatever happened. And if we could go back and undo that, you might be able to let all the pieces fall and then see what they, you know, see, see what happens. But I, I collapse has to happen. Like there's no, there's no orderly unwinding of the system at the federal level. And speci- I mean, this state is just as bad as the federal level pretty much in every regard. So unwinding those systems is near impossible. They have to collapse. Yeah. I think it's an inevitability because again, I know I've brought this quote up on the show before. It's uh, it's from the Michael Lewis book, The Big Short. It's one of the guys who guessed correctly that uh, that everything was going to come down in 08 and profited massively. And he said, "I don't know. I don't understand how we got here. Like, fraud is not wrong because it's illegal. Fraud is illegal because it's wrong. When you have these things that are so fraudulent and so corrupt, they inevitably will lead." to a collapse of whatever it is. You cannot build something of a solid foundation on fraud. And that's what we have right now. So you could, you know, we'd say the word collapse and everybody wants to be like, how could you cheer for that? Do you realize what's involved? And the answer is, yeah, I do. I'm not cheering for it. I'm telling you it's an inevitability. So the longer we put it off, the worse it is. So let's just get it over with. Because we as a society have allowed this to happen. We have allowed our system of politics to become so corrupted and so easily corruptible that this is what we got. We're at fault as much as anybody else. We allow the politicians to do this. We are the ones who allow ourselves to be manipulated into this game of, well, the, my side is the lesser of two evils, and this election is just too important, so I can't possibly go for anybody else this time. Just going to suck it up and vote this way because I can't imagine the other. We've allowed this to happen. We are the ones who allowed this duopoly to take complete control over our government in every national and state branch that this is what we got. We've allowed our taxes to get to the point where we are willing to give up somewhere between 25 and 55% of our income to pay the various taxes that we pay and demand nothing in return. Nothing. We. It is a running joke, and you damn well know it is, of state employees. How much work do they do in a day? Two hours, maybe. They get paid for eight. You know full well, like, this is what it is. I'm sorry, it's an open secret. If you don't think that's true, you're lying to yourself. You go get a nice, cushy gig with the state. Nobody expects you to do anything. You just got to collect your check. You get a government contract, you know you're going to milk that thing for everything it's worth. Like, the idea that we, we all know and accept that that's true, but then somehow still convince ourselves of the importance of paying what we pay in taxes and maybe even a little more is the greatest example of cognitive dissonance I can think of, of we just don't even care. Like, we just go along with it, knowing full well there's no way it's being done right. But we have allowed ourselves to be lied into the position where there is no other alternative. Like, this alternative is pretty crappy. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I would compare somewhat uh Similar to the, I, you know, I say root for collapse or whatever, but it's the same people, and maybe you uh, uh, and have appreciation for this now, but the people are always like, well, how are you going to socialize your kids if you go to homeschool? It's like, that's the point. Like, I don't want them, <laughs> I don't want them in, in that scenario, right? So, like, it's a collapse is, like, I get it, but, like, and not all collapse, I mean, listen, there's always pain within some collapses, but I, you know, not everybody feels it, and sometimes having that pain makes you not want to get it again, so you kind of learn from your mistake and... uh uh, don't make him again. There is pain in collapse, and there's no question. And listen, I, I get the homeschool. I, I homeschool all four of my kids now. My wife and I do. Um, and they get plenty of socialization. They, they're in sports and they're in other activities. 
But I, the reality is, if you look at a public school education today, uh, and I don't fault the teachers. I think most of their teachers are, are wonderful and well-meaning. The system's broken. It's so corrupted by money and influence that there's no way that my kids are going to learn what I want, what I think is important and what I think they should be learning. And the biggest thing that when my son, who was my one son, was really, really uneasy about the idea of homeschooling. And he's like, Dad, I just don't understand why. And I said, because right now you look at learning as a task. You look at the opportunity to learn something and you roll your eyes and you don't want to do it. And that is the fundamental flaw of our system is that you should be so excited by the prospect of learning a new skill, of learning something new, of learning about history, of learning mathematics, of learning these things, because they are all so interesting. And the system as it is robs you of that desire to learn. And that is a problem. If you have no desire to learn, then I have failed you as a parent. Because that is one of the greatest things about what we have here, is we do have this capacity to go and learn and grow. And we should all be so excited about that. Like, think about how insane that actually is of all the things that we have the capacity or the potential to learn. And nobody wants to because that light has been squashed out of you by test scores and by it's good enough, just move on. So, yeah, I, I don't care about litter boxes in public schools. I think it's a joke. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's made up, but I can't prove it, so I'll roll with it. Um, no, I don't think that teachers teaching kids about transgenderism is a is a huge thing going on in, in elementary schools I still don't want it like I, I still would rather my kids know about it but they they understand it in terms where I want it defined for them of like hey this is what the reality is and this is everything else just just be nice be a good person don't be a dick but this is this is grounded in reality so no, I think I always laugh because people will complain left, right, and center about the schools and about the education their children are getting and about how it's such a joke and how overpaid this is and this administrator's a joke and I can't believe they're doing this. And they're like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do, actually, and that's why we homeschool all four kids. And they're like, oh, my God, you homeschool? Yeah. Don't you worry about the socialization? <laughs> you just listed off all these things that you know are so bad for your kids about going to school. And, and then my attitude again is I'm not here to try to fix the system. It is impossible to fix. So and, and that, and I didn't really make my analogy accurate, but what you just said going back to the collapse is like, okay, well the collapse means the establishment, what we have in place now is over. Right. So like, that's the, everybody's complaining about what's in place, just like everybody's complaining about what's in place in the schools. Right. So the way out of that is to, you know, something different. Yours is homeschooling, but I'm saying a collapse and everybody who's like, well, you can't root for a collapse. I'm like, why? The system is beyond repair. Right. It's broken. Let it, let's end it. So warlords uh, are going to take over. Like, what are they going to do? Take 40% of my income and charge me $13,000 to live on my plot of land. Cause I'm already having that happen to me guys. Sorry. This is reality of living in this state right now is how I think I'm ready to take my chances with the warlords, if we're being totally yeah. honest, because all we have right now are warlords in suit and ties with the power of the state behind them and, and, and nothing above them, no check on their power whatsoever. That's what's really terrifying about the, the world we live in right now. Did you ever see that speech from Borat where he's like, why doesn't the United States adopt the dictatorship? I don't think so. It's the f I've never seen the movie. It's not Borat. It's the dictator. It's the movie, okay. The Dictator. I've never seen the movie. This was the funniest speech ever where he's like, I don't understand. It'd be great. You could have all of your wealth be divided up amongst the richest friends of the dictator. You could have these people. And he lists off all these things that are true of America right now. And all the Americans in the audience are like, uh, it's about a minute long. Go look it up. It's, it's hilarious. 
and depressing at the same time because it's what we have. This system isn't great. It's not like this system is life is good. I have no complaints. I have a wonderful life. My children have a wonderful life. We are on such a bad path. There's no way this ends well. Yeah. We're only it's only getting worse and it's not going to stop. Yeah. And again, I don't you know, I'm just not smart enough to have the solution out, so I'm going to keep rooting for collapse until somebody smarter than me can figure it out. So All right, Mr. Husong, so Let's, uh, instead of leaving the people on the global collapse, uh, what's some encouraging uh, thing we can leave the folks with for another week? Get off the internet and you'll find that most people you actually really like. They're not terrible people. Go touch grass. Go touch grass. Go talk to a human being and don't discuss politics. Stop making it your tribal identity. Just go out and live and enjoy it because I promise you, like, it's so much better. But, God, if you live your life on Twitter. Yeah, real life is definitely better than whatever version of meta we're in right now. I still love the the thing online where they're talking about uh, Ultron from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where they're like, he was the best villain imaginable because he went on the internet for five minutes and decided humanity had to end. And I get it. Like, if that was your basis for what humanity is, you'd probably draw the Quick same learner. conclusion. Quick learner. Right? <laughs> All right. Let's leave everybody. Uh, I'll remind you guys again to please uh, like and share the video. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to. Uh, there's a good chance. Well, let's say there's a chance that we are live streaming simultaneously next week on YouTube and Rumble. Let's give it a shot. I'm in. I mean, if YouTube will have us. So they won't, but let's try On that anyway. note, I thank you all again for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you all again next Monday.